Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. I am pleased to have a number of guests with us today. We've got, as usual, Keegan King, my fellow writer at BCCN3.com. And we've got Zindabad, who joins us on our Winners Week series of NFT Winners Week. But on this episode, we are going to be interviewing the co-founder, the CEO, and community manager at EtherJump. And we've got with us Tarun Prakash. Michael Chow and Ashton Jordan. So thank you all for being with us today. How are you guys doing? Doing well, how about yourself? Fantastic, thanks so much for being here. So just to start off, Michael, could you tell us a bit about EtherJump? Just kind of give us a general overview. For sure. So EtherJump is the world's first customizable platformer NFT game. Um, we are the first ever NFT that you can build yourself completely from scratch and play uh, a fully completed plot on OpenSea. Uh, we're proud to be able to you know, have these features from day one. We were able to roll out our game completely on the day of our main and uh, you know, players and builders can all be able to build and share as well as play their own plots on our fully customizable uh, platform built on our very own game engine. Uh, I'll pass it over to Tarun to uh, expand a little bit more on the technical details of how we achieved this. Sure, yeah, so uh, we have a fully uh, featured level builder, uh, which is currently live at build.etherjump.game. And essentially what it is, is you know you get like a full uh, grid of different uh, items and stuff like that that you can place onto your level. And you have a number of scenes and a number of items and a lot of different enemies, traps, uh, blocks, and things like that, uh, which you can use to make a you know fully featured platformer level. And you know once you're done, you can upload it to your NFT and uh, share it with the world. So that's pretty much what it is. I'm curious, actually, you know, because when I looked at this project, it honestly, when I found it, it came at the perfect time. It was right after like the Minecraft ban. I was like, oh. You know, these guys are saving the day. <laughs> you know, and, Can't say that was I'm... intentional, but it did come at a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? that was how we, we narrativized the whole thing. Well, we talked about EtherJump on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, f- perfect timing, honestly. Mm-hmm. There was a metaverse-shaped hole and actually having fun with your friend-shaped hole. And there you were. Absolutely. So I'm curious, like, where where did, like, cause it's it, it's kind of like a Mario in, inspiration, right? And platforming. Like, why did you guys pick platforming and not, like, dungeon crawling or something like that? Well, a lot of our inspiration came from, as he said, the old platformer games from the 90s and early 2000s that all of us really love to play as well as you know remember so fondly i know that i myself remember the days of uh myself as a child playing super mario maker as well as all the other games in the mario franchise with and without my friends you know i was there on my gamecube you know building away and being able to just have so much fun on these customizable video games that i was able to play on my uh 
little TV that I had when I was a kid. So we just wanted to be able to, you know, bring back a little bit of the retro vibe that we had from way back in the day from the, you know, uh, what we like to call the golden age of video games where, you know, technology was still being rapidly developed, you know, people were still trying to grasp the concept of what video games were. And it was just this whole like whole new world that people could explore as well as dive into and be able to just immerse themselves into and explore new worlds beyond their own. It was just this whole feeling of nostalgia and uh, bringing back this retro feeling that we wanted to achieve, even as we kind of expand the boundaries of this entirely new and novel metaverse space. It's pretty sweet. Um, so it almost seems like, you know, if, you're, if we're picking like GameCube kind of thing, it's almost like you like like Mario and like like uh, Animal Crossing almost. You know, with all the customization in it. You know, being able to place things around all over the all over the kind of the plots that you created. Um, That's a fun comparison. The, the the general team question: Have you all played Celeste? And I, I, I'm yes, asking because the dash mechanic, I, pl I played Ether Jump a little bit, and the dash is straight out of Celeste. I could have sworn the music <laughs> reminded me of it too. So <laughs> there, there, there's some really tight Neo platformer DNA in there, which I appreciated. Definitely, so, like, yeah, when we were. Sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, I'll just the... say, like, when we were designing the, the physics and the whole movement mechanics. Uh, we definitely took a lot of inspiration from games like Celeste, you know, Super Meat Boy, a lot of these fast-paced uh, platformer games that have, like, those really satisfying movement uh, controls. So we wanted to make sure that, like, moving around and, like, doing these, like, uh, different mechanics throughout the game are going to be, like, really responsive and satisfying. Uh, so, yeah, we definitely took a lot of inspiration from there. So what 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 do you guys kind of think, you know, as, as, a, as a growing team? What, What's been more difficult for you? Was it creating a game that's enjoyable or was it implementing NFTs? Uh, well, it was definitely a mix of both. Uh, I would say that implementing NFTs um, was not that difficult once we sort of learned more about the space and like how the technology works and stuff like that. Uh, but definitely like getting those uh, movement mechanics right, like getting it to feel satisfying and like, you know, making sure it's a smooth and enjoyable experience, especially after like optimizations and like having it uh, cross platform across mobile browsers and, you know, your, your laptop and like maybe lower performance devices. We wanted to make sure that it's a really smooth and enjoyable experience uh, for anyone that wants to play. So that was definitely one of the technical challenges that we had to overcome. How long did it take you guys to like conceive, you know, like different ideas for the NFTs? Was it like immediate, like we already know what we want or? Were there like a lot of things you guys had to like cut and kind of edit and rearrange and think maybe this won't work or this is a good idea? How did that yeah, process go? Yeah, what's the life cycle been like? I want to hear the story of conceiving of Etherjump. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, uh, the whole idea has gone through so many different changes since we first started the project. You know, we started the project uh, all the way back in February of this year. And initially, you know, the initial idea for Etherjump was to create a sort of generated, like auto-generated platformer level uh, where, where like each NFT would be its own platformer level, but it's auto-generated and you don't get like any sort of customization or anything like that. And you would just receive an NFT with a full game within it. 
And, you know, the inspiration for that sort of, it came from another project at the time. Uh, it was called Generative Dungeon. If you guys have heard about that, uh, oh, what they had was something no. similar, but with dungeon crawlers. And it was like, you get to play uh, a dungeon crawler game uh, within your NFT. And so that was where sort of the whole idea came of like that uh, interactive NFT concept. And I just thought that was super interesting. Uh, so initially that was inspiration, but, you know, as we sort of like, uh, developed the idea, like we started bringing more people in, uh, the idea sort of shifted to this customizable aspect. And, you know, I thought that would be really interesting to explore as well. You know, like having that level builder where you can own your own level, uh, as an NFT and, you know, especially like games like super Mario maker, I just thought it was a great fit to have like that ownership of your of your level so that's pretty much where the integration came from um yeah but design is about trade-offs right and so you've i guess the danger when you're working with a randomly generated whatever randomly generated dungeon etc is that the dungeon you pull just sucks and then you're stuck with that on the blockchain forever so customization pulls in the community makes beautiful sense for this kind of project but the result is that your metadata points to a server that you're going to have to maintain and things could potentially change, right? As, as you update the game. Uh, how did you approach the kind of blockchain ideology core principles side of this? Because it's about trade-offs and I want to understand how the team thought about it. Definitely, yeah. And one of the main things that we wanted to prioritize when designing like the whole system is that we wanted to make sure that as a builder, you're, you're able to access the same things as every other builder. You know, we wanted to make sure like the design experience is pretty much the same for most builders. So in terms of things like metadata and like, uh, things like that, we wanted to limit those to things like just like size or, you know, seeing yeah. things like that, that don't really affect your building experience in terms of the types of items that you're able to access. And it also gives us a little bit more flexibility as well. Uh, in terms of changes for the future, uh, you know, if we wanted to add more items to the catalog, uh, it just gives us a lot more flexibility. And that's also another reason why we decided to go, uh, you know, server-based for the actual game itself, uh, just for that reason of easily being able to update in the future, uh, you know, it is the game. So as we add new items and, you know, update the game engine, uh, we wanted to make sure we have that flexibility for the future. Yeah, 100%. There have definitely been on-chain projects which run into huge messes from a gameplay perspective, so that's, no, that, that's almost, sensible and illuminating. It almost sounds like it's like like you're turning modding into the primary game. You know what I mean? Like It's it's not like you're buying a game and then all these attachments come on. It's like you're starting with the attachments almost, you know, because it's, it's so modular, right? You said these, these uh, plots can kind of connect with other plots uh i might oh the connections i remember reading about that actually is that still a plan to to make your plot kiss your friend's plot definitely yeah so that's on our that's one of the things on our roadmap uh for ether Dump worlds uh you know we want to make sure like if you're uh, a holder of multiple plots that you can actually connect those together and make a, a much larger plot or or just a larger or a longer, you know, storyline, longer gameplay experience. Uh, we want to make sure that people have that option as well. So it's like you can make a game inside the game, right? Exactly. 
yeah, that's that's pretty wild stuff. Um, you know, I was telling you know Jason's into this. You know, when we're talking about you guys on our show, it was kind of how this sort of thing really works well for you know games like uh, tabletop games, and you know how you know a lot of those are kind of like home brewed and things like that. Um, you know, what 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 excites you most about GameFi in general? I mean, you know, there's so many other projects out there. You know what? What what genres do you think are going to be the most attractive for this kind of new style of gaming? That's a great question, and it sort of leads into a broader question, you know, of of why Web three when it comes to gaming. You know, so I think to me, uh, one of the greatest things about Web three is like really like the community and the growth aspect uh, that it presents. So you know one of the great things about like having nfts or like this this concept of ownership on the blockchain uh is is really that it creates a much stickier user base in the sense that your uh people that are invested into your your game or like your community they feel a sense of ownership uh over that that plot that they own or like that one section of your game you know it, it creates that sort of emotional connection to your game which results in a much stickier user base and that's really good for growth because now you're creating people that are emotionally invested into your game and they're invested in your success. So that's one thing that I've really noticed about being in the Web3 space and being in the Web3 gaming space specifically uh, is that it's really great for growth. And I feel like we're going to start seeing a lot of new uh, up and coming game studios start to adopt Web3 as a tool for growth. That is really interesting to have. Uh the connection between web three and growth. I want to bring uh, Ashton Jordan in here just for a second. Uh, Ashton, you're the, the uh, community manager. That's correct. Am I right? Yep. Uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from uh, the community on this? Like, like what Tarun was just saying, are you getting good? You're getting good feedback. Uh, it sounds like about uh, the community and the growth uh, that you're able to do ahead of others uh, with ether jump. Yeah, so the uh, the big thing that we, we've been focusing on ever since bringing me onto the team, I'm still pretty fresh into it, uh, just about three or four weeks into it. Um, my big thing is that I'm tracking analytics and player data, um, essentially what uh, what they're doing and what they're actually interacting with, um, as opposed to what they're not as well, um, where I, I provide the team with a weekly transparency report, and that essentially just is all the data collected based off of user interaction, um, just all the way down to how many people just alone open the Discord and view it. Um, so one thing that I'm really excited for is the, the growth that I'm already seeing um, based around some of the changes that we're actually starting to move towards. And those changes being including um, more events that are actually circled around EtherJump as itself. Um, so doing more events and competitions on the game and adding the, uh, the variety into it as well. Um, so that's that's one thing we've noticed a lot of growth in is actually encompassing EtherJump, which it, it's kind of a given and an obvious that we should be doing in the first place. Um, but now that we're actually developing a lot more um, on a steady level, it's it's a lot easier to actually run these events with variety as well. Because for me, from what I've seen in my experience, is adding variety and things that actually attract the players back into it, but not doing the same thing every single time, grows you exponentially. Tell us about the events. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of it. So we try to do at least uh, two to three events every single week. Um, one or two of those um, is required to actually be encompassed around EtherJump. And with that, um, for example, this week we have a speedrunning event where players are going to come in and build a map that are 
meant to be speed ran and we we made it completely beginner friendly we're not um we, we, we're allowing it but we're not requiring um any player to do any advanced movements um such as things like super jumping and things like that so it's anybody is welcome we pretty much are just going to pick the map that we think is the best all of us are going to play through it and we're essentially going to give ward that person with a raffle ticket and at the end of the month we're going to raffle off a plot um other events could include oh, that's, um that's pretty thick yeah so like right now we have a, a multi-discord collaboration event as well where actual other communities and projects are coming in and utilizing their own plots to build a themed level around um ether jump that encompass what they're doing as well so the the possibilities are extremely endless and we can really t really do whatever we want from pixel art to like i said speed running to just your general basic maps to mazes to puzzles it's it's limitless you say themed events are you talking about like speed running or like other projects will come in and like put like their kind of project theme in the ether jump map itself yeah exactly so we actually have um a framework as well that will actually connect to your wallet and you can put your own nfts onto the ether jump map so um, somebody could come oh. in with any other <laughs> NFT and put it physically into the level as artwork. So you can make a museum if you wanted to and showcase all of the things that you own. So if you have like a CryptoPunk, you can run around with the CryptoPunk in EtherJump. It, it'll be on an actual physical frame, like up on the wall that you can sit oh, there okay. and like showcase it. Mm -hmm. We and also the, uh, have plans in place to, you know, work with other uh, collections more uh, well-known collections to maybe create custom items, custom enemies, custom characters for those communities. Uh, we're still kind of fleshing out the idea, but one little hint I'll give out is that we're currently working with Llamaverse, one of our founding partners, to be able to create some custom assets for them. Um, we think that wow. this will expand, you know, the ability for other communities to engage with their members by quite a bit, because instead of running these very repetitive, very generic events that we usually see communities hosting within the NFT space, we believe that much like we've done, these communities will be able to utilize EtherJump to empower their communities to do so much more with their engagement than they currently are. Yeah, no, they rally around the actual game in that case. I, uh, my, my brain always goes to the tech first, so I'm gonna step back from that a little bit. Uh, but, but it's, it's the partnership angle is really cool. Potentially in future, you could even, uh, standardize or, you know, set up a standards framework for making assets and then you become Roblox, basically, right? Uh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we think that, you know, by creating this first ever customizable platformer game, we have actually unintentionally completely revolutionized the space of engaging with NFT communities. It's not something we meant to do. It's not something we set out to do, but it's something that we have, even if unintentionally, achieved by creating our game. We think that, you know, the potential that our game, along with so many other Web3 games have for, you know, revolutionizing community engagement is endless. We're already seeing the proof of it within our own community. And as we expand this framework to include other partners, strategic partners that we have, as well as communities that might even uh, be willing to, you know, pay a small fee or, you know, contribute to our development fund in exchange for the ability to, 
use our game for their community engagement, we think that this has limitless potential for growth in the near future. That's pretty yeah, wild. Thing... How did... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, a big thing that I've noticed myself just being involved in many different communities throughout um, pretty much since I was early days in high school is that there's always a struggle for user engagement. And what, what are we going to play today? I actually just got a, a mention on Discord from my friends saying, what are we going to do tonight? And that's always the, the, the ever-ending question. And one thing that we want to provide as EtherJump is that answer. Um, and with that answer, like, like we've, we've been hitting on, is that it's limitless. It's, well, let's go speedrun a map. Let's build this level. Let's try to have a challenge. Let's do whatever we want. And that just provides an unlimited answer to the unlimited question that we're always going to be asking ourselves. So like Michael was hitting on, is that we can actually reach out to these other communities and give them that answer. I was curious, you know, when you said, uh, you know, your, your user base is growing and, you know, they get excited um, and you're tracking kind of analytics. What is your community most responsive to? Is it the events? Is it, you know, just upcoming announcements? Is it partnerships? What, what generally excites these, you know, your community? So it's funny you actually bring that up because we just had a report that was given to us last night of something we've been tracking. Um, we, we actually put out a request to our members to letting us know what, what they want and exactly answer the question you just asked. Um, and it actually pinged back that all of them are more so interested in, in encompassing events that are involving EtherJump. Um, we gave them a lot of options. I believe we actually gave them a custom block as well to enter. And probably a solid 90% of them tracked data that showed they want to just play the game so whether that be any of the random events or just playing the game 90 percent of your raw holders for real it, it was 90 percent of the responders it was a pretty good chunk of them not bad not bad now that's, that's uh, pretty good look in this market that is some truly impressive engagement from your community <laughs> paper One... hands are gone <laughs> and the thing is too yeah with with a community like this you have a, a plethora of different kinds of people that either just want to hold it flip it play it there's, there's a lot of different kinds of people that are actually involved in doing this. And it's awesome as, you know, the role that I'm filling right now to see that the community that I'm actually overseeing is is here for the game and not here just to make a quick buck. They're actually here to be involved and participate in what we're building. Yeah, I've heard that term a lot lately is um, not here to make a quick buck. And it's kind of nice to see the NFT community at large is kind of molding to that a bit more. I, I, um, part yeah. of it's that the quick bucks are gone, Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about <laughs> right. you, but I haven't turned a profit in a solid week now. That might not be right, but it's close. Yeah, unless you got a Diggy uh, Daigaku or whoever it was. Um, well, that's kind of cool. I, you know, speaking of a quick buck, um, one thing I thought was really interesting about your documentation is how you talked about your tokens and how you said it's easy to earn. It's easy for a project to earn tokens, but the difficulty is getting something to actually spend it on. And it seems like you guys have kind of solved that uh, equation with the kind of items that you can display in your uh, plots. Am I correct? Wait, how did you guys realize that? I mean, because, yeah, it seems like, you know, every project had a staking feature and you get to earn their native token but at the end of the day that token wasn't really useful let's talk token yep tell us about it and how you got there sure yeah so i mean that's one of the great challenges that i think a lot of gaming projects and a lot of nft projects in general face uh, when trying to design a token 
uh, a lot of tokens nowadays are just there for the sake of being tokens. Uh, but, you know, as, as you mentioned in the documentation, you know, the hard part is getting people to actually spend that token rather than just earning it just to sell it, you know? So one of the great things about uh, our game in particular is that uh, level builder catalog. So, you know, as we add new items into the catalog uh, or new items into the game, like we can token gate those. So, you know, let's say uh, for the jump token, uh, if we introduce a new enemy or a new boss, something like that, uh, we can actually charge jump for that. Uh, for example, like maybe 10 jump for this new exclusive block or 100 jump for this uh, big boss or something like that. So there's going to be a lot of different ways that you could spend this token, uh, especially with our upcoming multiplayer racing mode, uh, where we introduce our avatars and different cosmetics and things like that. Uh, we have a number of different token sinks that are currently being planned uh, for that economy, just to make sure that there's a lot of different ways uh, for people to be circulating that token and like overall just moving the token rather than just uh, having it sit in their wallets and then eventually just dump it onto the open market. So that's one thing that we're definitely trying to avoid uh, when designing this economy. And it's definitely going to play into our multiplayer aspect uh, in the future. Yeah, Alex. you could always just not provide a liquidity pool as well. Uh, and that, sorry. <laughs> no, the, because the wonderful thing, right, is that it, I, I, I'm sure y'all spend your time debating this endlessly, but uh, if, if you hit the Roblox of Web3 kind of dream, uh, then there's enough of an incentive with all the tokens flying around for people to LP it, and then it can be something sustainable. Uh, community-run pools get raided, and that's ugly. Definitely, yeah. I mean, even beyond LPs and like uh, token prices and things like that, our ultimate vision for this token is for most people to be using it within the game. You know, like that's the ultimate, as a game, like that's the ultimate dream, right? We want people to be spending this token on the game, you know, getting those uh, asset packs, getting those cosmetics, things like that. Uh, that's pretty much what we're going for with this game uh, and with the token is at least. Uh, so that's that's where we're looking. I was, I was a little... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sindabad. I have a off-topic question. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you something a little bit different than the tokens, um, because, Michael, you mentioned NFT Llama as a founding partner. I think I'm getting that correct. Uh, yeah, so we are actually in the process of pursuing multiple strategic partnerships with larger names in this space. Uh, even before our main, you know, some of these big names in this space saw, you know, what we were building and recognized the potential we had to be something very big and very innovative very quickly. So um, multiple different collections reached out wanting to be a part of this early on. Uh, we have uh, our partnership graphic that we uh, posted right before our mint, including uh, Llamaverse, uh, the Illuminati NFT collection, Goblin Town, uh, I believe there's a Sneaky Vampire Syndicate, um, and uh, I think there's a few others, including an Alpha Group uh but all of them have been extremely amazing partners with us. Uh, we are working closely together to, in the future, you know, integrate their IP into our assets. And they will be the first people to be able to, you know, 
have their very own custom game assets within our game for their community members to be able to utilize and uh, play with within our game. Uh, they will be the founding partners who will serve as the proof of concept for our you know, custom assets program. And as we expand this, we expect that they will be some of the people leading the way uh, with, you know, kind of a telling others within their circles about this program and allowing us to gain more exposure within different circles for this program that we will be developing and expanding. Uh, we're really happy to be working with these different uh, entities. And in fact, we are currently working behind the scenes with a couple more that we haven't announced yet, which we are very excited to be able to talk about very, very soon. That's pretty wild. How, how do you get in contact with NFT Llama? I mean, do you, do you go through their NFT collection? Was it just something that they noticed you? I actually believe that uh, NFT Llama and Llamaverse reached out to us. I can't quite recall the exact details because, as you know, uh, most NFT collections get hundreds of you know outreach messages yeah. a day. But I do believe that it was uh, initiated either from their side or mutually initiated uh, partnership. But overall, you know, they are very, very... Uh, bullish on us they're very uh passionate about what we're doing and we think that by working together we can truly create something different within this space seems like the moral of the story there is for teams that are making a project that is you know just kind of objectively good and successful you know other big networks will notice you know mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah something that's like it gravitates and uh even though it's not NFT Llama, but just Llamaverse working with us, um, I can drop okay. a little bit of information. Uh, Zeneca, who's another big name in this space, is one of our biggest holders. He has expressed oh. a strong desire for his uh, Zen Academy group to work closely with us. And while we haven't, you know, totally solidified a partnership yet because we don't feel, you know, like we're in a position to do so right now, you may be able to see uh, Zen Academy or Zeneca intellectual property within Etherjump very, very soon. That's, that's pretty wild. You guys got some really incredible branding coming your way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess the, the potential with this project really is, like Ashton said, it's, it's kind of endless. It really um, is. Anybody and everybody within the NFT space who wants to work with us will be able to, no matter whether they're, uh, you know, a PFP project, a project center around utility, any and all projects, any and all communities can integrate cleanly and effortlessly with Etherjump, and we can't wait to make it happen. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know if... Uh, well, I guess I, I do have a, a, a bit of a question, just kind of like just general thoughts because you know there's so many people in the web 2 community that seem to kind of despise nfts right now and blockchain gaming um how, and you know a lot of the times their kind of mm. question is what does blockchain solve you know what, what what does it make better for the game i'm just kind of curious to hear you guys you know you have so many so much potential you know brewing you know you guys are really expanding you know as GameFi, um, you know, how do you answer that question? I mean, what, what does the blockchain do specifically that makes this game really shine? Because I believe I see it, but how do you answer mm. that for the Web2? Keegan people? with the hard questions, man. <laughs> I'm always I with the hard questions, man. I'm always with the hard it. questions. 
That's the uh, uh, I'll, I'll shut up in a second because I cannot wait to see how this team responds. <laughs> but it's a, 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 to expand a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you have a very flexible platform, solid mechanics, feels good, community features front and center, low buy-in, low level of effort to engage, and the path to revenue for a project like that's really well established. It's uh become the flash in the pan maybe extended flash in the pan thing everybody and their grandmother is streaming on twitch like uh, among us like fall guys whatever Mm -hmm. so why take the complete opposite path uh and start your home in web 3 well uh we like to say that we are a game first and an nft second uh, while we are, you know, pioneering a lot of new features within the Web3 and NFT communities, and we are very proud to do so, first and foremost, we are a game. We are a game that is created and developed by gamers, and we want to people to be able to recognize that. Uh, right now, you know, our team is entirely made of people who are very, you know, tuned in to the gaming community as well as all its needs. Uh, you guys made the comparison earlier to Roblox uh, for how our item shop model is going to go. Uh, and I believe that is a very apt comparison. Uh, Ro- Roblox follows this game uh, model where they have an in-game economy centered around their token, Robux, which you can buy and sell items with, creating an in-game economy that people can transact on. We are doing essentially the same thing, but within the Web3 space and on the blockchain. That makes no difference, except for the technology that both of our games are foundationally built on are different. Uh, we believe that, you know, eventually as we expand our marketing and as we expand our feature set to include more gamer focused features, we believe that our marketing will naturally gravitate towards more of a gamer focused marketing and community push. Uh, we believe that our audience right now primarily primarily consists of people who are pioneers in the Web3 gaming space. In fact, some of our advisors come from uh, such areas such as uh, YGG, uh, as well as Axie Infinity. And we're really proud to be able to be the ones that are kind of bridging the gap between Web3 gaming, as well as gaming in general, by not only appealing to both ends of the spectrum, but serving as the bridge between both ends by being a game first and Web3 and NFT second, and being able to have a commonplace appeal to every gamer that has any memory of playing Mari games as a child. That's what's up. Well, that is excellent. Guys, thank you so much for uh, being on with us today. Is uh, there anything else you'd like our audience to know uh, about your roadmap, where you're going, and where we can find you as well? Sure, yeah. Uh, We have our website coming live pretty soon this week, uh, so you guys will be able to learn a lot more Mm -hmm. about our uh, there. Uh, We are also in the process of fleshing out our tokenomics model and also making some revisions to our white paper as well. Uh, so stay tuned for a lot more information coming out soon in the future. Uh, until then, we encourage you guys to join our Discord, you know, start playing the game. Uh, there is a free play mode on the level builder, actually. So you don't have to buy a plot uh, to start out the builder. Uh, so, you know, we encourage you guys to start playing the game uh, and roll in a feedback. Uh, feel free to join our Discord uh, and interact with the community. Fantastic. Well, we will link to uh, your Discord, uh, Twitter, and then uh, your 
website as well when when that is live. Uh, but we will we will link to all your social, all of your socials in our show notes. Mm. Uh, but thank you all, Tarun Prakash, Michael Chow, Ashton Jordan, and as well the regulars Keegan King and Zindabad. Thank you all for being here. We uh, really are very impressed with EtherJump, and I uh, think you guys are a leader in Web3 gaming and GameFi. So thank you, gentlemen, for being with us, and we, will, we hope to have you on again. Absolutely. We can't wait to come on, on again soon. Yeah, a few partnerships down the line, I'm sure. No, it's been <laughs> wonderful speaking to you guys. Big admirer of the project and what you're doing. Hats off. Absolutely. We're really excited for what's to come. We have a lot of stuff coming. First and foremost, the website, but pretty soon, the item shop, multiplayer, and so much more. Excellent. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, Here on you. BCC in 3 Talk. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at bccn3 underscore media and subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk.